All right. I am Marcus, co-host of the post-apocalyptic podcast, Dude, What Happened? And my co-host... Bryce. That is me. Yes. That is he. <laughs> I am me. <laughs> anyway. We have established <laughs> contact. I, I never feel like our intros are consistent. They aren't. But that's besides the point. No, yeah, hey, we're, we're not professionals. <laughs> not even slightly. But no, anyway. We're, we're, with time, experience. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're off track already. Oh, definitely. All right. So, so dude, what happened in the Planet of the Apes reboot? Okay. So we are dealing with the now trilogy, but soon to be like four movie series. Quadrilogy. Quad- Ooh, quadrilogy. <laughs> I like it. Um, of... Planet of the Apes from 2011 to 2017, the reboot series or remaking of the original classic five film starring with the first one starring Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes series. This, and I will say it because the Tim Burton one sucked. (laughs) I always forget that that one exists. Uh, We're so not covering it. We are so not covering it. Isn't Matt Damon in that movie, or? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. All right, that's. I always mix them up. They are so. <laughs> I get Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, and Brad Pitt mixed up so much. It's honestly shameful. <laughs> <laughs> but we are dealing with two thousand. Well. We'll start with 2011, um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, and by the way, this is our first time kind of, we're doing something new where we are covering just a whole series. Just right here, right now. I know this is something new because we just did one movie per episode, but this time we're just handling the whole series. And the reason is just simple. We just don't think that there's enough stuff to do one episode per while we can just kind of handle like these big series in just one episode because it's it's easier it's also i feel like we can still do it justice Mm -hmm. none of these movies are special enough to warrant their own episode per film but they're still good they're still significant enough that we can do this and hopefully yeah and, like, I mean, we can still give each one half an hour, so, like, that's yeah. not nothing. Yeah. All right, so, all right, we're going to start with 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which begins with in San Francisco, which is going to be, like, a very big place for us at, the, like, throughout the series. Um, so we have a scientist played by James Franco, and I know, I understand awful human being and he's trying I think to most people are aware of that by this point hopefully. yeah i just wanted to make sure that we do not <laughs> support him yeah he's a bad man and all right so he is a doctor who's trying to cure alzheimer's and pretty much what is happening is that they are testing the cure on apes and he takes one of the apes home and he notices that it has like above average intelligence he names the ape Caesar. He grows up. He get he's really smart, and kind of what happens is he does something because Jane Franco's dad has Alzheimer's, so he gets in a in an accident. Caesar protects uh, John Lithgow, who's James Franco's dad in the movie. I'm not gonna look up the act, the title, 
the characters because I just don't think I need to. Um, I'll do that. Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> but I think people are going to know them more as James Franco and John Lithgow. Than... Well, yeah, but... No, I get that. And so Caesar protects John Lithgow, um, James Franco's dad, and it turns like out that he was a little too violent, so he sent to, like... Something that's really weird, it's an animal shelter for apes. It's like an ape sanctuary. Those, an ape san- those are a real thing. Really? Yeah. I Most of the time, hopefully, the conditions they're kept in are better Much than better. That. That's why I thought it was like a kennel, because just of how poorly it was. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we're at. And pretty much what happens is the people are treating Caesar and the other apes awful. Caesar pretty much rises up against the um, his oppressors, the people at the in the ape sanctuary. Leads a big mass breakout. Mass breakout, but this is where it gets interesting because at back at James Franco's company, who is trying to make like this cure for Alzheimer's, they instead make something a little different. They create a virus, pretty much, that one guy. Like, his, like, mask falls off, his, like, suit. He gets infected with it. Yeah, pretty much he gets infected, and he's patient zero. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he's patient zero for the humans, because I think it's safe to say that Caesar's patient zero for the apes. Yes, because this virus, it's later known as the simian flu, uh, has a much different effect on humans versus, like, other primates. Yeah, other primates. Um, For, like, other primates, especially, like, around apes, so orangutans... Uh, gorillas, chimpanzees, it makes them smarter. Mm-hmm. While with humans, it makes them much... It makes them dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it causes a, a rapid decline in intellectual capacity before death occurs. Yeah, pretty bad. So that's kind of where we're at. And so he does lead a massive revolt, and he gets, like, bottles of the simian, like, flu to pass out amongst the apes to make them all smarter, and it works. And pretty much what happens is, like, I think it's an iconic shot. I like to believe it is. Um, on the Golden Gate Bridge, when he's, like, there. I, the big fight on the, the bridge. The big fight on the bridge, when, like, just a flood of apes kind of t- take out all the, not take out all the humans, but, like, go past them. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, I feel like it's iconic. The way, yeah, I would say like the the the, the gorilla, the big one, yeah, like knocking the dude off the bike, and yeah. just kind of like staring at him, yeah. And so that's pretty much a that's the first one. That's our first like rise of the planet of the apes. I'm gonna go through the other two just for rapid fire real quick. Mm-hmm. So dawn of the planet of the apes, we're introduced to something much newer. So all the cities are. Human civilization has fallen. It's gone. All the cities are, like, depleted almost entirely except for a few. Like, we see remnants of... I don't... Where do you think they were in San Francisco? Because that just seemed like one big building that they just called the city. I'm not really sure, like, what part of of it would would be. But... And it feels... Because it just feels like like a huge warehouse that... Um... Yeah, it's just a humongous warehouse, and where they keep like everyone. Everyone's yeah, just, just where everyone lives. That's they where turn it into lives. like a tent city almost. 
it's very much a tense city, but they treat it like it's a real city, mm-hmm. which I like. I thought that was nice. Um, Isn't Gary Oldman like... Gary Oldman's the leader. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you haven't watched this, I think it's a go watch. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if you don't, but... I don't think you're wasting your time. That's the best way I can put I still think they're like really good movies, but I don't think it's anything to like run home about. It's still they're still good. Yeah. But yeah, Gary Oldman is leader of the hum this human city that's like within a humongous San Francisco warehouse. While now by the way, because I don't think I mentioned this, new movie means entirely new cast except for the apes. New humans, entirely new humans. Not new apes. Yeah. Caesar's the same, and we have their orangutan. What's his name? Isn't it like... It's, it's not Claudius, right? No. Give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will keep on talking while Bryce looks for that. Um, so pretty much we see the apes, and they, they are riding horses. They have spears. They have forts. They have legit, like, fort fortifications with walls and... They create their own city. They have, like, education. Like, they have schools. They have nurses. They created their own civilization, which is very much at the beginning of, it, of like, society at the moment. It's very, like, what I would say, tribalistic at the moment. That's how I would describe it. It's the best way I can describe it. But I really enjoy it. I really like it because you... They start from nothing because they are from, like, the forest. They're from nature. And so they create their civilization there. And pretty much some humans have began coming into the forest to start up a dam to run electricity to the city so that the city has power and can communicate with other communities to form bigger communities and to share, like, medicine food like and kind of just to start trade and to survive mm-hmm. and the orangutan's name is uh maurice maurice why did i think it was claudius i don't know i mean caesar's son is named cornelius so you might have been thinking of that i think i was thinking so. of cornelius so yeah we have maurice who by the way a little shout out to maurice he is a circus orangutan and he is legit the head advisor of caesar He's the smartest ape they got. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he's one of my favorite characters. Like even, I won't, I won't say b- before Caesar, but he's definitely up there. Yeah. And okay, so back to a quick summary. So the humans are coming in and some of the humans are a little more rowdier than others. And pretty much what they have happens is they get into altercations with the apes so the apes are like humans are bad. And it doesn't help that a lot of these apes were test subjects. Test subjects by humans. So they have obvious trauma and want to get rid of all humans because they think all humans are bad because all the humans they met were bad. So we're we're kind of met with ape a lot of apes want to go to war, but Caesar doesn't want a war. And we see the city. And pretty much what happens is the a few humans who want who need the electricity make a deal with Caesar, and Caesar says you can come to the dam, 
And by the way, he shows a strong show of force at the very, like, we, we will get into that. Yeah. But Caesar says, you can come to your dam, but you cannot do anything. You are, we watch you the entire time. You go into the dam, you do your work, you come out, you don't mess with us. Mm-hmm. If you do, we will kill you. Like, not just you, everyone. And so kind of uh, things ensue. One of the um, people who is needed for the dam because he's like a dam worker brings a gun because he hates the apes because he thinks they're too powerful, too strong, and that they will eventually kill the humans. So he brings a gun, and s- that, like, one of Caesar's main guys is, like, really against humans because he was a test subject like he his face is mutilated it's really sad koba koba mm-hmm. so koba kind of this is his last draw because he wants to follow and i'll get to the loyalties of caesar because i think it's really well done in this movie but koba wants to follow caesar but he sees the gun it's the last draw he he has spies go check in the city and they are testing weapons because gary oldman does not trust the apes mm-hmm so, Koba sees this, and he's like, all right, if Caesar's not going to do anything, I have to do it. So, Caesar frames the... I mean, not Caesar. Koba frames the human for Caesar's death when he tries to kill Caesar. Caesar doesn't die. He's taken by the humans back to his old house, James Franco's house, where no one wants to go unless they need to. <laughs> That's a well, James, <laughs> James Franco's character is long dead by this point. No, but. yeah, that and that's made like quite obvious. Mm-hmm. So pretty much what happens is they go to like James Franco's house. Caesar gets healed. His son Blue Eyes is there, and like they have a conversation because Blue Eyes is just like he's a rowdy teenager. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And they kind of have all that. Koba leads the entire ape army to the city. Just when the city gets its power, like, we have lights, we have iPads, everyone's celebrating, they are starting to get the radios on so that they can get, like, contact, and just, they have legit, like, five seconds of peace before the entire ape army comes, there's a humongous fight ensues, it's, like, really, really, like, action-packed, and pretty much what happens is... Bombs are sent off. Gary Oldman, like, it's like dropping a bomb on all the apes, which I, which gets taken care of with Gary Oldman dying because he's also sending out, like, um, news to, like, an army that he found, which we'll get to in a few seconds. <laughs> uh-huh. And so the army's coming. And all the humans, except for a few, are just kind of killed off, just dead, mm-hmm. while others escape. Um, and just we kind of see that Caesar is now king of the apes again. Koba is dead. Um, he has power. And, like, none of this is about the humans. <laughs> We're back to Caesar. And then the third one is almost, like... If you thought any of this was about humans, you were wrong, and the third one definitely shows you that. Yeah. With War of the Planet of the Apes. And, like, we just... We see the fort again. Uh, Blue Eyes went out with one of his best friends, found a desert, brings back sand, 
and he wants to explore it more. Caesar sees. Caesar also finds, like, in the first scenes of War for the Planet of the Apes, we see that, like, they're humans with the donkeys. Mm-hmm. Or are they donkeys or donkeys, right? That's, that's what they call them. Yeah, which are just, like, apes. Who enslaved. Are enslaved apes, pretty much. And so we see these soldiers, and it turns out they're, like, members of this one, like, army that wants to take out the apes. And then we're taken back to the fort. Blue Eyes is there with San. Caesar's dealing with these new humans, but is thinking about maybe moving to the desert to save his people from the eventual attack, actually inevitable attack, by Woody Harrelson. <laughs> the commander of this uh, this group. Of, yeah, of this army, who end up... Uh, having a sneak attack on Caesar's uh, fort, killing um, Caesar's wife along with Blue Eyes, the eldest son of Caesar. Mm-hmm. And Caesar, with a group of, like, of his most loyal apes, I would say, goes out and finds, like, finds the headquarters of the commander to pretty much enact revenge. He's there to, like, totally just kill him. And on the way, he finds a little girl who is mute, who she can't talk. They found her father, who they thought he was dangerous, so he ended up dying, sadly. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, strictly self-defense. It's just one of those very gray area things. And they find out, like, other things that... They find, like, a lot of dead soldiers and one soldier who's about to die. And they notice that he can't talk and neither can the girl. And so we get to, like, the command base. And we also find out that the apes are enslaved. And there at the command base, uh, there's Wordy Harrelson, um, his all his soldiers. And Caesar, Caesar is there with his, like, um, all his people, his tribe. And they have to build a wall. Caesar doesn't know why they're building a wall until he finds out that there's a North army that the apes believe is there to aid Woody Harrelson's army to fight the apes. But Caesar's like, well, if the North army's coming here to help them, then why is a wall being built? Because that's the only army that's coming this way. That's just weird. And so he tells this to Woody Harrelson, and pretty much what we find out is... That the simian flu has changed. It's now making people mute. And Woody Harrelson believes that with the muteness and the no longer having a voice, they are now becoming more animalistic. So he believes instead of creating the cure like the North Army wants to, he is just going to kill all of the people who become mute. <laughs> Which is so stupid, but I'll get to that later. That whole plot point is really bad. <laughs> we will. I, I definitely want to start talking about that. Mm-hmm. But pretty much what happens is Caesar is able to get his entire group free, including the little girl. And the North Army comes, and we believe they are going to fight the army of Woody Harrelson. That's their official name, by the way. I have just... <laughs> They're actually called, like, the Alpha Omega Division or something stupid. I really hate that. (laughs) I really hate that. That's so, like, that's so stupid. Mm -hmm. That's so, like... We can call them, like... That's so Chad energy. Yeah, I mean, 
they're like they're not even they're like a militia. They like split off from what was left of the military. Yeah. Or something. We can call them like Woody's Warriors or something. Mm. Actually, no. No. Never mind. That might not be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll All just, right. We'll just call them Bad Human Group Number One. Yeah. Um. I th- yeah. I think I might just call them Woody Harrelson's Army for now. Just the full thing. Or just maybe the Harrels, the <laughs> Woody and the Har- Harrelsons. <laughs> They're not banned. <laughs> Could be. All right, but pretty much back to um, the North Army comes. We think they're gonna about to fight um, the army of Woody Harrison. I'm not going to Alpha Omega, and but then, I, and this honestly makes me so mad. I really hate this. An uh, avalanche hits, destroying just all the humans. It just wipes them all out. <laughs> and the apes leave for the desert. Um, everyone's happy until Maurice notices that Caesar has a wound and Caesar's dead. <laughs> yeah, Caesar just dies. Caesar dies. Oh, and by the way, Caesar has a little son, uh, not blue eyes, but a little baby named Cornelius. Cornelius. Who is heir to the throne. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a little guy, though. But he's just a little guy. <laughs> so, um, before we, like, start talking ape, um, feudalistic feudalism politics because i do believe maurice probably ran the kingdom for a while ah <laughs> uh, yes ape feudalism yeah something i just wanted to bring up because i always find it really interesting when entire like movie series are not done by the same director so what i found in my vast research while i was in the depths of a library that's not true it could be <laughs> I could be in, like, a stone library in, like, Europe with, like, ancient tomes. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> from don't my don't vast, believe his lies. From my vast research on Wikipedia. <laughs> there <laughs> well, we go. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for revealing. They could have seen me as, like, a very <laughs> wise figure. No, they wouldn't have. No, that's true. All right, so Rise of the Planet of the Apes was done by Rupert Wyatt. Mm-hmm. It was, like, an act... Not an actor, a director who I do not know. I've never heard of him before. Like, I looked up a few of his movies. It's, like, nothing of relevance, nothing good. I'm not going to lie. Really? No, he he's done, like, four movies. One's The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. I've never heard of exactly. that Exactly. Another movie's called The Escapist, which I just heard of just today while searching. Yeah. But this is where it gets interesting. Dawn in War of the Planet of the Apes... The two like ones we see most recent, Matt Reeves. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which I think like, I just want to like kind of process because I feel like now that I think about it, like the f- last two movies and the first movie do have different styles. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a much like. I will say I feel like Matt Reeves is very gothic, especially coming off the Batman. I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, that I could definitely see that. I love that movie. Yeah, it, dude. I know you love that movie, like four or three times. I think four by now. Yeah, I need to watch I think it again. It four. <laughs> I'm thinking about rewatching it, and of course I'll watch it with you. But like, I don't. I'll definitely. I'll call you up when. <laughs> I mean, we do live together, so. We we do live together, but it'll probably be a weekend, because weekdays are for Walking Dead. As dictated by you, yes. 
We don't. I'm have just kidding. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> okay. Before we have like a domestic disputes <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Great. All right. So, like those, but oh, by the way, new like fourth one coming out in May 2024, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and that is by an entirely different director, who is going to be Wes Ball. Who, yeah, I, know. I thought you were gonna say Wes Anderson for a second, and I got very confused. Oh my god, I would pay all my money. Take my money, take my money. If Wes Anderson is directing Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, but no, this guy he has good experience because he did the entire Maze Runner series. I've never seen any of those, but I'll, I, I'll take your word for it. I know, like I, I get that, but like I mean, he does have a post-apocalyptic series under his belt, like an entire one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I, f- I feel like we're in safe hands. We're, yeah, we're in com- we're in comforting arms. We'll we'll be good. But something I f- that was really interesting is that the producer. There's two producers of the entire series of the entire reboot series, and they're a husband and wife. Who have always like every movie they have done together. They have never their entire careers together. Wow. Which I think is just really like interesting, kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. That is that's fun. Yeah, that's uh, Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, and I just really I think that's really interesting. So, let's kind of get into like opinions. Let's start with uh, Rise and then go on. And by the way, sorry for the humongous like long intro. Synopsis. Well, this is our first franchise, so yeah, uh, we have to. We are trying to cover it a little differently. Yeah, we will perfect this with coming on. Yeah, times in the far flung future of probably next week. Probably next week, or we'll see what happens. We'll see how this one. <laughs> All right, so like, kind of opinions. Well, I mean, I the first one probably stands out the most in my mind. Yeah, but. I feel like that's also I I want to say it's cuz of the director's style because mm-hmm. it's so different. It is really different from the second and third movies. Yeah. It's like cuz I so much more sunshine. Mm-hmm. We see like a lot more a lot more blue skies um which I think is also just supposed to be this is during like civilization. So this is kind of our first movie where civilization is fine. Nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's cool. And so we kind of just get different vibes and a different, like, sense of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pre-collapse, mm-hmm. so there's just normal people hanging out, and there's also apes. Yeah, and there's just <laughs> apes, and it's not like there's a lot of apes. It's just the normal amount of apes. There's a normal amount of apes? Um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. You know what I mean. I <laughs> maybe, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but we'll move on. <laughs> I, I just meant like it doesn't seem like there's more than there are in this like right now in real world. Okay. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Disregard that. Oh um. I don't think I'm talking crazy. <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't know. For some reason that really like caught I don't, How? Know. I don't know why, but that confused me. Okay, I'm sorry. So we there we have apes, yes, and they live just like in enclosures. It's they live like apes live, right now. They are in zoos. They are in like sanctuaries, and sadly, they are in multi million dollar pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, 
because that probably happens. It's not legally supposed to, but come on. Let's, come on. Oh, by the way, the enemy is capitalism. <laughs> Big surprise. Of every episode, the enemy is... Capitalism. Capitalism. Even in episodes where there are no rich people, the enemy is... Capitalism. The, the enemy of this podcast is... We don't have sponsors. We have enemies. Uh, <laughs> enemy is capitalism. We're never going to get sponsors, by the way. <laughs> but Maybe like really like small homie. Like, like very like small towns. Spont maybe, probably not. I don't think that's how that happens. But sure. I don't know. I don't think mom and pop stores sponsor podcasts. But they should start. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so. <laughs> so we kind of we have all the apes. We have that, and it's pretty much like this could have honestly been avoided. It's gonna been majorly avoided. This yeah. is not like a. <laughs> because they. They decided to try to create a cure for Alzheimer's mm -hmm. by creating a retrovirus. Yeah. As, like, a, do you know what a retrovirus is? No, can you act, please it's, educate it's me? It's like a virus that is kind of genetically modified to act as a different, like, it's acted, it's modified to act as a vector for something else than it originally evolved for. Okay. In this case, the genes required to fight off Alzheimer's. All right. And as you can see, that does not always work out very well because viruses are very prone to mutations. Yeah. Um, like, it's just, it's very scary. Mm -hmm. I, I like to, not I like to, but like, I think, I believe this post-apocalypse is virus for me, personally. Because I can fight it, I can try to fight a zombie. <laughs> Keyword is try there, folks. Try, underline, bold, italicize try i can like maybe like survive a really bad snowstorm <laughs> i can live in a submarine <laughs> <laughs> i can survive a robot apocalypse i feel like that's easy just take a look at terminator and you might change your mind but you know what it's just a giant can opener i think we can do this right <laughs> can opener <laughs> i don't know i'm really tired <laughs> Classes were tough today, folks. <laughs> we're, we're still making our way through midterm exams right we now. We are still so. making our way through midterm forgive, exams. Forgive us if we sound a little under the weather. Bryce, you sound fine. I sound like I just came out of a bucket like or a barrel, that very Diogenes style. <laughs> Great. I sound like a crazy person. Yeah, but that's, that's just par for the course at this point in time. Oh, thanks. Midterms. Oh, that's yeah. not a, that's not an attack on you. <laughs> Honestly, it w wouldn't even be an attack on me at this point. <laughs> Great. Um, All right, so we got we got our virus. We um, have James Franco. We have Caesar, who's played by Andy Circus. Because if you need a weird little gremlin guy for motion capturing and voice acting, Andy Circus is your man. Okay, I like to believe that, like, for this series, Andy Serkis was definitely the best. It, Andy Serkis' acting was the highlight of the entire series. Because no one allows him to play, like, a hero. No one allows him to be main character, like, big, strong guy. Everyone is like, there's Andy Serkis. Let's put him as, like, some... <laughs> creepy old man 
Or was like strange goblin creature. Creepy. <laughs> That's what I was classic. Yeah, he's always like some type of like creepy. Even like Claw in Marvel series is just like a weird, old, unlikable person. Like in all his movies, he's just like some guy in the, mm-hmm. in the background. Like he's never allowed to be like the main, like big main character, big hero. Yeah. And this allowed him to do that. And I love it for it because he sh- he shines as main character. Oh, he kills it. He kills it. Yeah. Like you can see it in Caesar's facial expressions because this is also like kind of off the, like Lord of the Rings is done. The Hobbit's ooh, the Hobbit is about <laughs> to begin, but it pretty much shows that like he is good at motion capture. Oh yeah, he's he the is, best. Like, the preeminent motion capture like individual. Yeah, so I think when they realized that they were going to do, like, motion capture for Planet of the Apes, they were like, who's the best? Andy Serkis. He's going to be our main guy. And I think they were just going off that. I didn't even think they kind of realized how good he was at playing this type of character. Like, motion capture or not, I want Andy Serkis to play more main character, like, strong. Kind of like, um, who does, kind of like The Witcher... I don't know, um, Logan from, like, Logan. Uh-huh. So, like, Hugh Jackman. Because you see these, like, strong, like, men with, like, dark pasts and stuff. I want to see Andy Serkis in more of those type of roles. Yeah. He was in a Star Wars series recently. Really? Mm-hmm. Andor. The one about the, the oh, guy yeah. from um, Rogue One. Yes. Um, little rant, just really quick. No more Star Wars. No more Star Wars spinoffs. I think we're good. Uh-huh. Them and the Dude, w- something happened, like, Star Wars related recently that actually kind of got me a little angry. Oh, please tell me. Um, this is the time Because you know how this. they've been, like, they've really just been spitting out these Star Wars spinoffs. Yeah. Oh, what's the new one? Is there a new one? Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. No, I knew that. Mm-hmm. But there is a, uh, it's not... I'm not going to give an opinion on it because I haven't watched it. Okay. Uh, but there was a... Uh, they've they've been really kind of obsessed with bringing car- animated characters into live action. Yeah, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And then making them really lame <laughs> compared to how they were in animation. Yeah. Uh, but there is a specific plot point in the series that I'm aware of mm-hmm. that could have been so much cooler. Um. So you're familiar with stormtroopers? I'm um, I'm familiar. Are you familiar with the Night Sisters, the uh, the witches who can bring back the dead? Dude, I've watched you play the game. Yeah, I am. Well, they combine those two concepts: night troopers, zombified stormtroopers, with really cool looking armor. Well, th- that's good, but um, that's so like far from. Uh huh. And they also like, it's just they just executed it really poorly. It could have been really cool. But... No. Okay, enough Star Wars soapboxing. Well, yeah, but I think just what Disney Plus is doing to Star Wars is kind of sad. Yeah, it's... They just need to let it, like, die. Or just, like, let it be remembered for the great series that it was. Now, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, mm-hmm. but I can respect it, and I can understand it, and you just need to stop. I know it's just a cash grab. I get it, because they're doing the same thing to... Marvel. Marvel, but Walking Dead is what mm-hmm. actually I was going to bring up. There's too many. Like, you just let a good thing go. Because you're not even letting it stay a good thing anymore. You're creating a good thing and just, like, creating a bunch of little nothing. 
like very unimportant, very unoriginal shows. Cash grab, like spinoffs. Cash grab, and it's just it's not right. It's disrespectful to the the beginning, the origins. The it's source just, material. You need to stop. Back to our episode about a rebooted series. All right, so we got Andy Circus, we got all that stuff. Is there any more like Rise of the Planet of the Apes is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, it is pretty cut and dry. Because I kind of like, like kind of remember being kind of boring. It was. Yeah, it was pretty boring because it definitely dealt with the father-son relationship of James Franco and Caesar, mm-hmm. which I I don't know. I don't. What were your opinions on that? I found it somewhat odd that he treated James Franco treated him like a human child legit like there's home videos mm-hmm. and he, he can say there for study they are so not because it's like him eating yeah and he caesar wears he like has a, little, a high chair he has a high chair he has little pants he has a room that he decorated for him yeah so i think it's like it's obvious that that's his son because it's just obvious mm-hmm. and my thing is you cannot raise an animal like your child, especially if you're just going to send it to an animal sanctuary. I just think that's cruel to yourself, to the animal. It's just not right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you can raise it as a human. I'm totally okay with that, but you can't like just go a full like, 180 the next day. It's just, it, it hurts everyone. Yeah. That was like one of the big things that led to the... Uh... It led to the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bad father and son relationship, which many series that we we enjoy have very similar concepts. Um, almost too similar. Mm-hmm. We are gonna cover a series pretty soon, like pretty soon. Which <laughs> the end of the world is directly caused by a bad father and son relationship. <laughs> which no, I don't think anyone could have saw that coming. <laughs> Just that a bad father, one, not multiple bad father-son, re- one bad father-son relationship leads to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, father, step up your game. <laughs> it also leads to one of the most hated characters of a fandom I've ever known. Yeah, that is true. We're still on the same series. I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. we're still on the same series. Yeah. We still haven't met enough people from the fan. We will talk more about that on that episode. Yeah, but like that's besides the point. That's beside the point. So I'm pretty sure that's pretty much it with Rise of the Planet. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that movie anymore. That Yeah, that's good and done. I really want to talk about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it's my personal favorite. Go for it. Let's get into it. Yeah, okay. I like seeing the civilization, especially, again, come from a, from a historical point of view. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a history major, if I've not pointed that out a million times. I just like to see the growth of a civilization. Like, And it's such an early stage, and it's doing well. Yeah. It's, like, really well for something that's, like, less than 10. No, I'm because I want to say they're still in the same. No. I'm going to say less than 10 years because I don't know if they're keeping the same 2011 to, like, to the... Or if they stretch. Well, there's, out. there's been it's been long enough that like plant life has started to overtake. Yeah. Like old urban areas and like. Yeah, but not by not by super much, by a little. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I just think it's really because it's still around 10 years. I want to say 10 years. We'll just go with that. <laughs> and they have forts. They have domesticated horses. But, like, just learning how to ride a horse, I've done it. It's hard. <laughs> it's impressive that the apes are able to do it so quickly, especially so many of them. And just to have, like, a fortification. They have their own culture. It's really astonishing. Mm-hmm. And we see that, and the world just looks colder, like much colder. It looks so much darker. There's like not an ounce of sunlight within the entire, like a little, but not a lot. It's very dreary. It's so dreary. You would think you're in Washington, not like <laughs> California. Yeah, you would think you're in like The Last of Us Part Two instead of like exactly, or to. <laughs> Yeah, you would think you're, which we'll cover soon. But we will now. cover that we will but cover. in a later episode. Yeah. That'll be in, uh, an episode that I probably take the reins for. Oh, I'm going to let you take full reins on this. Um, the only reason I'm taking the reins on this is because plan- the old Planet of the Apes is something that's near and dear to my heart. I mm-hmm. used to watch that with my deal back when I was really little. And, like, we watched through the entire thing, so it's just really close to me. And it's my all-time favorite series, post-apocalyptic-wise, which we'll get to when we get to that one. Yeah. So this one's just also kind of close to me, just due to the relative yeah. relativity. Just as an aside for our our lovely audience. Our lovely audience. Um, some episodes are kind of shared hosting, yeah. because it's like, we either both don't know that much about it, or we know enough about it that we can kind of talk about it from that sort of point of view and other episodes are gonna mostly be hosted by one of us or the other for various reasons like knowledge or um just how close it is to us personally yeah it's gonna be a lot of personal sometimes it's gonna be like sometimes it's i watched it and he just recently watched it or vice versa or sometimes it's gonna be a video game and that's just more rice's Mm -hmm. like Video games and zombie stuff are usually my bread and butter, so... Yeah, so I, I handle more of, like, viruses. <laughs> I don't handle viruses. No one come with me with, like, a problem. <laughs> I handle more, like, contagion movies, more, like, um, your environmental disasters, your dystopias, more of that stuff. He's definitely gonna... There'll be a few, like, zombie movies where it'll be both of us, but there's gonna be a good chunk of them that are just him and i'll be there as just like with with eyes of wonder <laughs> <laughs> great um so yeah just for future reference yeah but just wanted to let you know that's why i'm kind of because i know i've been talking a lot mm-hmm. i just wanted to kind of tell you that's why i'm talking a lot because i just yeah i'm kind of letting marcus handle this one a little because i just i have a lot of passion when it comes with this and if we do have a little bit of time I think it would be fun to go on a small rant about the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there if we have time. Uh, we have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got... We, we need to get a move on, but we've got plenty of oh, time. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we kind of see this society... We already talked about, like, the human city. So, I don't know. The reason I like it so much is because we have a fight. <laughs> yeah. What's... It would be really yeah. boring if there was no conflict. Like, yeah, d- don't get me wrong. I would love a nice little um, 
nice little slice of life post apocalypse, which we actually I found and we might handle one day, but that's another thing. It would be fun to do that. I would love to just see the the apes flourish as a community and as a kingdom, and because I let's just face it, they're a kingdom. Let's just face it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to just see that. I would love to see like them just like hunting and foraging and school life. I would love to see that, but I don't want to see the humans. I really don't. Because I feel like in the entire series, the humans were the most boring part. They always are. Of oh. This particular like series. And they're supposed to be, I'm pretty sure. They're not supposed to be like fun. It's like, and I think it's to make the apes look better. What's they do? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, pretty much we kind of, we get a fight, which I just wanted to see because you just see so much of that in the old series. There's so much fighting. There's, like, multiple battles. Mm-hmm. And they're done in such, like, a strange ways. So I just wanted to see how this one would handle it. Not bad. Not, like, not anything. I won't say it's, like, the fight sequences are something that I'm like super like astonished by. Not like <laughs> Snowpiercer. This mm-hmm. was much more eh, satisfied. It's what you would expect. Yeah, I um, I I left satisfied, but I did not leave. Um, it's it doesn't leave a memory, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like when you eat something, you're full, but you're not. You don't want to have that meal again. <laughs> 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 it's not something you're gonna crave. Yeah, I hate to say that for any um, I don't know um, one of uh, pl- Planet of the Ape fans or Apex Apeds Apeds. I like Apeds. Apeds is good. I like describing any like fans of something as like. Dread was some... so perfect though. Dreadheads. Dreadhead was too perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't want to anger anyone. This is just one one person's opinion. But I do have a podcast, so <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, but just one person's opinion, and that's just how I felt about it. I was really like it led me. I thought it was a good stepping stone mm-hmm. for War of the Planet of the Apes. And War of the Planet of the Apes, I start. I thought it started pretty well. It started off super strong. It's yeah. And then I don't know. There was stuff in it that, and like there are superfluous plot points and. Like, and I thought, like, with the third one, because mm-hmm. Matt Reeves, as a director, you can obviously see, and also with the help of the producers, so much references to the old series mm-hmm. with the desert, with the mute, like, um, them becoming mute due to the simian flu. Because, like, just to handle right now, the simian flu in the original series does not affect humans or apes whatsoever. Then what is it then? Why is um, it called the simian flu? The simian flu affects dogs and cats. Oh. Uh, domestic pets. And it kills off the pets. So humans want new pets, apes. But then they realize apes are much smarter, so they have them as servants. And it goes to a more... Um, if It feels like it dives into enslavement. Mm-hmm. And which is a very deep topic, which we will dedicate for that episode. And I don't feel like it's something we are um, 
I don't think we're the right people to talk about it. No, probably not. But it it deals with that, and but the apes are just smart. They don't get smarter because of the flu. Humans don't die off because of the flu. Humans die off because of apes. Apes get smarter because apes just are smart. <laughs> uh huh. And that, or and if I'm wrong, and we do have a following, please uh, correct me. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> create a subreddit. Yeah, create a subreddit. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, but sure yeah, that won't be awful. Oh yeah, but that's pretty. That's pretty much what like um, the simian flu is about. But now we kind of see the simian flu in a new way with like the mutation. And by the way, something that's really interesting is that the little girl is named Nova. Nova within the original series is the love interest of Charlton Heston. I really hated the Charlton Heston relationship with Nova within the original series because it was really much he big man, big man need woman. And that was it. That was legit the reason. I'm sorry, but when you say things like that, it just it catches me off guard. But yes. Well, yeah, because it's supposed to. It's very caveman because I feel like that's such a caveman way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's it's so stupid. It is. The, there was no growth. There was. She was literally not able to talk, and he was like, just, you're pretty. <laughs> oh, God. It's how it happens, and it's really gross. Ugh. So I'm happy that it's more of it has nothing to do with Charlton Heston or just it's not a love interesting. It's there's a little girl who needs the help of this mighty stoic character because she is a child <laughs> and he takes her under his wing and we see her actually more in the fourth coming up movie, which we will handle when that comes out. Yeah. We'll give that an episode when it eventually we comes out. We will give that an episode unto itself mm-hmm. because I think it's going to be fun. And it's a new director, so we get to see some interesting things. And it's one who's dealt with post-apocalyptic a lot, actually. So I think it'll be fun to see what happens. We will be waiting. We will be we will be waiting. <laughs> uh, once, once the movie is released, we will get a message from a crow, which we will send out. <laughs> It will tell us that the movie's out, and we will take our carriage <laughs> pulled by dark horses that only that only ride at night. So apparently we're uh, the horsemen from the beginning of the original Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like going on. By the way, we're, we're still hooded figures. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're entire. We aren't entirely in hoods. In an old like Eastern European castle, castle that has not been like touched by humanity in like two hundred years. That's where we're recording right now. Great audio. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you gotta check out the acoustics of old abandoned palaces. <laughs> I feel like this is this is, this is not the first time we've described ourselves as mysterious. Hood we did figures. this yes, not yesterday, but last yeah, last recording, last episode. So if anyone ever binges this, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But we're just canonically hooded, like, shadow figures. We are hooded shadow figures. All right. So we are in War of the Planet of the Apes. We see a lot more references to the series. And it, it does really, like, Andy Circus is acting his butt off. Uh-huh. It is so impressive. 
I think Woody Harrelson was a weird, uh, a very weird addition. Great actor. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. It's just like I see him as a comedian more than I see him as like a big a serious like, actor. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. There's definitely serious roles he's been in that I appreciate. Like Natural Born Killers. Well, that that wasn't gonna be my first choice, oh. but yeah. What was you gonna? Uh, Old Country for No Men. That he's not in that movie. For no, very that, long, that's why but... I wasn't gonna bring because he's in it for such a little period of time. But mm-hmm. great movie. Great it's, movie. It's a great movie. But uh, he also played the serial killer Carnage in the sequel to the Venom movie. Yeah. I'm not gonna state my opinion on that because that would take too long. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I think. I don't know. I just see Woody Harrelson more as like a comedic guy because the first time I think of, which is weird because the series, I, I know him for two series, which we will handle Zombie Land. Yeah. <laughs> I saw hate. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love the first Zombie Land yeah. movie. And then I got older. <laughs> and I was like, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly think he's really good in Hunger Games, but he does bring a comedic, like, light to it. I didn't know he was in that. Oh, my God. Okay. By we'll the way, there. that is one I'm handling. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no question about that. Uh, it's, again, near and dear to my heart. Like, 13-year-old me is screaming. And <laughs> but, so, he, he always comes in with a more comedic light, and he, we did not see that here. This movie had... This movie did have some comedy, though. Bad Ape. Do you remember him? Kind of. All right, so I'll take kind of the head on this one. What did he look like? Very bald. Oh, the shaved one. Yeah, his okay. story's actually pretty sad, but he's so cute. He's, like, legit, because he's smaller than all of them, mm-hmm. and he has no, fur, like, fur or hair. Hair? Yeah. Hair. Fur or hair can be used interchangeably here. Yeah, so he gets cold really easily. So he wears the little coat. And he's so cute. <laughs> because he's like... <laughs> and he wears hats. Yeah. Like, it's so adorable. And he's... He's so curious. He's he's like a little child, but he also takes care of the actual child. <laughs> He's a little guy. He's a little guy, and Bad Ape, Maurice, and Caesar are my all-time three favorites in the entire series. I hope we see Bad Ape more. I looked at the cast for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and I do not have high hopes. Yeah. Exactly. He's so small. And he's played by a really good actor that I really like. Who like uh, He was the dad in the Diary of the Wimpy Kids movie. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> He wears a little vest. Yeah, it's really cool. There's an awful Funko Pop of him. Do you want to see it? Actually, yeah, I want to see it. No, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Aside from the awful likenesses that Funko Pops usually are, this one just looks terrifying. It's so it's so disrespectful. I don't like it. I don't think it's right. He was a beautiful person. And they just did him dirty. I want to see him more. I'm kind of scared that we won't because I looked at the cast and it did not say that he was going to be in it, which makes me sad because he was a really cool character. Because I think they're allowing this for the new generation, you know, mm-hmm. for a new look in the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> a fresh. A fresh more. 
Hip with the kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's very... So we're we're gonna look with bated breaths. We're waiting. I'm I'm very excited for when it does come out. I'm very excited. Um, there's a good chance I I will be watching it from France though, so that's gonna be interesting. Oh yeah, you are gonna be there when it comes out. Yeah, so. in in my palace, <laughs> my abandoned your summer palace. My summer. I have a summer palace, by the way. I'm insanely rich. When I say capitalism is evil, I'm talking about myself. Uh, and by the way, that is entirely a joke. I don't want anyone thinking. No, we're both poor college students, so. Yeah, I mean, my our bank accounts are not pretty. Last time someone opened up my bank account, like a literal moth just came out. <laughs> <laughs> of the t- of the computer screen. It, it yeah, it was it was very Tim Burton esque. <laughs> Actually, do you think it's time? Do you think we can? Have we handled enough things? I think so. We're running a little short on time. We've got like 20 minutes left. so. Yeah, we, we have plenty of time. Yeah. We're going to be okay. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. So do you want to like start talking about the Tim Burton one? Yeah, like regale me with a tale because I'm not that familiar with it. It's so bad. We're never going to handle it because it doesn't count as post-apocalyptic because I don't think it does. That's just a matter of personal opinion. Oh, here, let me let me tell you why, though. Um, astronaut Mark Wahlberg. That's it. That's it. No, that's it. No, I just, I wanted that to stew. I just wanted that to stew because um, Mark Wahlberg does not look like an astronaut to me. Mark Wahlberg looks like Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg, and take that as you will. <laughs> Some of you will think that means a very, like, pious, religious man. Some of you will think of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Some of you will think of that Bogey Nights. Is that the movie? Bogey Nights. Bogey Nights, which, God help you if you think about that. And others uh, will think about the guy who uh, punched a man for racist reasons. He did more than that, but yeah. I feel like that. (laughs) I feel like that's enough, though. That's yeah, well, let's, not, let's not get into the extent of Mark Wahlberg's hate crimes on the podcast, but... That's an episode unto it. Actually, that's a new podcast. That we... uh, yes, Mark Wahlberg's hate crimes. Yeah. Marky Mark and the hating bunch. Marky Mark and the racist part. Um But that's for another day. Another time, another place. So he's an astronaut. He lands on a new planet. And I will say it does like it has a Tim Burton feel, not just because of Helena Bonham Carter's in it, but also because they have their own like it's very medieval, not like tribal, but medieval. And what makes it so medieval is that they have like metal armor. They have palaces and it's very nice because it gives off like medieval European. But then it has a nice little personal, unique flair to it. The P in the personal you just said, like, that was very prominent. Oh, sorry. Um, But it has a very nice, unique twist, unique, like, personal little flair, which I like. And that is just ruined (laughs) by the way every ape looks. I'm looking up this movie while you talk about it just so I can know what it is. Because they look, they don't look like apes, they look like people wearing costumes. (laughs) Which, at least in the original one, 
every like the original series, they looked a little more apish. Like yeah, yeah, you're on it. I see it. And they just Did you look, tell by my face. <laughs> yes, because they look gross. Everyone looks gross. And then it's just it's not good. Oh, gross. The acting's bad. The designs of like the apes are bad. The um the way they fight the apes is using a the engine of a rocket, which probably is not healthy for anyone involved. Like it's just it's not a good movie, and then it has a really bad plot twist that is just not fun. <laughs> I saw it, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Mark Wahlberg dates the ape. <laughs> That's just wonderful. <laughs> As you can tell, audience, I am elated by this movie's existence. Yeah, like and, <laughs> I like this photo. Yeah, it's it's a good photo. Like, um, one of my favorite, um, an actor I really like, Michael Clark Duncan, because Green Miles, the Green Mile is a movie that is so I love that movie with all my heart. It's like so good. It's like one of those movies that you can only watch once, but I've watched it like three times. Really? Yeah. Because I just like it so much. It's my favorite Stephen King. Other than The Stand, which we will cover. <laughs> it is one of my favorite things. And he is in that. He's the big ape. Really? Yeah, he's the big ape. And he's... I, I don't know if he's good in it. It's been such a long time since I watched it. I don't want to watch it again. But I like him. And I will support... And by the like, I miss him with all my heart. He was a great mm-hmm. actor. And a great man. And... I'm very like sad. I'm just happy that we have a few movies to m- remember him by. I just I I wish he was here, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but that's the movie, and it's really bad. And like the end of the movie is he comes, he travels. He thinks he's traveling back to Earth, but instead I, like he sh- might be traveling back to Earth, maybe. But what he comes to is Washington, D.C., and when he gets to the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, he sees Abraham Lincoln, but it's Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if that's what they call it, but that's what I'm calling it, because it's an ape. <laughs> Get it? And so that ends our today's recording. Um, <laughs> no. No, but you just get a modern, like, you see them all in, like, modern clothes and everything, and I was like, this is just not fun. I'm seeing I'm seeing the ape version of Abraham Lincoln and I'm How do you feel? Uh you feel happy? I feel bad. <laughs> I feel ill. You feel ill? I feel ill too. <laughs> because it's just it's a bad it's a bad ape. That's a bad ape. <laughs> and not in a good way. Dude, you're just gonna cause yourself more pain. There's so much wrong with this movie. <laughs> I know, dude. It's just it's not it's not good. It's not a good movie. I'm happy the reboot series happened because I felt like it was very much uh we need to give Planet of the Apes the redemption. It feels like a very Batman-esque type of thing. I don't want to look at it anymore. Um, just to give some context for this non-visual media that we are putting out into the world. Bryce. <laughs> Bryce is keeping on showing me horrifying pictures of like orangutan costumes. <laughs> It's specifically from the movie. They're like cast photos. Yeah, but... it's not. He's not like just like on Spirit Halloween's website. 
just gonna leave this one here to, yeah. to linger. No. <laughs> I'm turning off your phone. No. Yes! <laughs> I don't wanna see it. <laughs> what about this? That's worse. <laughs> kind of. I like the design, though. I like the design of the costume. Not of the ape, but of the costume. I like it. I think it's interesting. It definitely has a very... It looks like if Willy Wonka desi designed the Middle Ages. And there you go, folks. Planet of the Apes 2001. If w Willy Wonka designed the <laughs> like, medieval you, Europe. If you just look at like this one. Um, yeah. It's an ape. <laughs> With a very strange helmet. With a very strange helmet. By the way, a, a lot of purple and like orange is used in this movie. For like armor, it's very weird. And by the way, something that they did, which I didn't like, is a chimp cannot be the child of an orangutan. I feel like that's simple logic. Yeah, they are in fact different species. So Helena Bonham Carter, who's obviously playing a chimp in this movie, her father is an orangutan. <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, Did you find him? I think so. No, that actually might be Paul Giamatti. Oh. Paul Giamatti's in this movie, by the way. Okay. Which, if anyone's familiar with that nightmare feel, <laughs> Paul Giamatti as an ape, <laughs> which is horrifying because you can see his face. <laughs> and just his voice is coming out. And it's, it's awful. It's horrifying. It's terrifying. And okay, I'm gonna close this now. Close it. You're, you're gonna scare yourself, Bryce. You're gonna wake up in the night <laughs> thinking about apes. Thinking about apes. Damn dirty apes. You just used our one. We are like an hour and nine minutes into the podcast. I think we're safe. And by the way, it is a reference to the original. So that is true. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd just put it in. I thought it'd be fun. At least you used it while you knew about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bryce. <laughs> you just never gave me the list, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Um. I hope most of this stays in. There's some things that I hope don't, but I hope our little rants really stay in. <laughs> and our, our small, like, squabbles. Yeah, I, I want to keep our squabbles because I love them with all my heart. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, so, oh, let's handle villains real quick. We still have a few minutes, and then we'll get into ratings. So, um, our villain for the first movie can go multiple ways. We could say it is the um, guy at the sanctuary. He was played by Tom Felton, Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. Would you consider him villain? Yeah. If you're an animal abuser, you're a villain to me, so... Definitely. I 100% agree with that. They are awful. If, if you abuse animals, we will find you. <laughs> that is not okay. That is not right. That is awful. And we will make good on that promise. Animals are... They're like... A, well, I don't want to get into any, like... <laughs> Animals are good, okay? I was going to say, choose your words very carefully here, my yeah, friend. Yeah, this is not like, I don't want to make this like scientific or religious or anything. It's just animals are good. Animals are good. They're innocent. They're innocent. Just treat them right and treat them good. And stay away from chimps. 
all animals are innocent except probably dolphins. So he's a villain, but I also think the CEO of the company is a villain because like he knows bad he, things are happening. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going on. And he's just like, money, money, money. And I don't like that. Very Mr. Krabs-esque. Very Mr. Krabs. Very... <laughs> I like to think all cat, like evil billionaires are based off Mr. Krabs. <laughs> I'd like to think so. I, I So do I. Um, <laughs> then we got... Okay, for our second movie villain, probably Coda. I'm going to say Coda. Koba. Koba, yeah, Koba. Good villain. Mm-hmm. Really good villain. Very, um, very sympathetic. Very scary. And not like he's scary for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> very like effective. Very effective villain. Because like you can see where he's coming from, but you can see where he goes wrong. And so I just that a villain who you can sympathize with for a second is always a good villain to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Oldman, would you classify? Maybe not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily yeah. like call him a villain. No, he's not a good character. I, I, but I, I will say he's the enemy of apes. I will say that. I won't say he's a bad guy. He like he's the same. Like it's it's just war. It's mm-hmm. war. It's bad because the humans are scared of the apes. The apes are scared of the humans. It's really just um, it's a, it's a bad time. Yeah. It's a bad time between relationships. And so I want to classify Koba's a villain. Yeah. Just uh, he is definitely the villain. And then Woody Harrelson, I want to say, is the villain of the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good villain. <laughs> no, he's definitely like the weakest part of that movie. Yeah. It's a like great actor. I just don't think this was the movie. Some some actors just aren't supposed to be inserted in movies. If he was, if it was a dip, who do you think would have been the best actor for that Let role? Me, we can do this. We got some time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of someone who gives off very um, military, very prim proper. I think a good actor. I'm gonna pull. I think I have my, um, oh, I turned off my phone. You just turned it off? Yeah, I just did it because it doesn't matter. Are you familiar with Homeland? It's like a Showtime series. No, I'm not. Okay. Then never mind, then I'll be. (laughs) Um, But pretty much someone who would be like very good military. Here, let me pull it up real quick. Because I want to, someone who... Gives off very big military vibes. Very, like, army. (laughs) Join the army. Very join the army. There's an actor within a series called Homeland who... His his name is Damian Lewis. Here, let me show you, like, kind of what he looks like. As... uh, (laughs) Take your time. Yeah. This is just what he looks like, normal. Hmm. But he looks like he'd be a. Yeah, I can see. He it. plays a lot, a lot of. He does a lot of military movies and stuff. He was in a series my, my dad and I watched when I was little called uh, Band of Brothers, which you should not be watching at six. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, because my dad loves World War Two. 
because he is a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he's just, he's a very, like, straight, not, <laughs> like, sit-up straight. <laughs> that, too, but, like, very sit-up straight, like, very prim and proper military man, military time. You, you wash your, like, you look nice and washed, like, you look strong and stuff. He gives off those vibes, and he can play malicious really well. Like, he can play no emotion, killer, super well. So I think Damian Lewis would be my pick for, like, the commander of this, like, army. How about you? Who do you think? Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. Huh? I don't know who, like... Because, like, for a second, I was kind of thinking Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but I think that's just, that's too goofy. It's too goofy for the, for the movie they're trying to do. Yeah. Because I don't think the comedic relief should be the villain. <laughs> Especially in this series. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Because you want someone to go against Caesar, who seems like a threat. Mm-hmm. And someone who's cracking jokes doesn't really give me that vibe. All right, so who do you think is our main villain? And I think we're going to kind of do this for, like, series... That have multiple villains. Who's our main villain? Who's our big guy? Genesis, the corporation. Ooh. Because they caused this, basically. Very well done. I like it. I like it. Because I was just going to say Koba. Yeah. Yeah. But Genesis made Koba, so Genesis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right. Um, Time for rankings. Okay. So are we just ranking the overall series, or are we ranking each movie individually? We're just going to do the whole series. I'd give it, like, six and a half... Dirty apes out of ten. Ooh, very nice, very nice. It took me like thirty minutes to come up with that. I yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I get that. I don't know. I think I'm gonna go six because the first movie is definitely a five. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is definitely an eight. War of the Planet of the Apes was gonna be high on my list for a really long time until they get to like the end. Because you did not you did not have to end it with an avalanche. Small little rant. That was so stupid. That was the worst possible way they could have gone about that. That was so bad. Like, I think Matt Reeves is such a great director. Should never have done that. Never have done that. No. Because, um, like, it shows them, like, charging up to this base, and then an avalanche just sweeps them away. Like, my thing, if this was climate change of the Planet of the Apes, I'd be fine. But this is war. <laughs> that's false advertising <laughs> so yeah so I'm gonna give it a 6 because that that avalanche really did me in so I'd give like that movie alone a 4 so I have 6 dirty apes and don't worry we will wash our dirty apes <laughs> actually we'll stop this podcast to go wash <laughs> to wash our dirty apes yeah alright so that is um, Planet of the Apes reboot series from our little podcast, Dude, What Happened? And, um, well, we hope you survive the apocalypse. Goodbye. End transmission. <laughs>